Hey there, we at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Blue Wire. Breeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Jones with a high drive to left field. Gardner back, and that one is gone! Maria, a swing and a drive! The deep right! Away back! Off the pole! The Washington Nationals are world champions for the first time in franchise history. It is the walk-off, Holden Kushner and Ryan Spader. Spader, you've just done a great job getting some great guests, and I had so much fun talking to Bill James the other day. Um, I know this is a guy that you looked up to basically as your idol, and that's not the same for me, although I respect the hell out of him. But good job getting him. I'm getting a lot of positive feedback on it. What are some of the things you took out of that interview, man? I just really think it was cool that Bill James, like you said, a guy who I've long looked up to, it's funny because we've talked to so many different ball players, both of us, uh, over the course of your, I don't know, 22-year career and my, I don't know, five, six years of doing whatever the hell it is that I'm doing. And James was the first one that I kind of fangirled over because he, many times I get called like the Bill James light, and he's obviously a hell of a lot smarter than I am and I've been doing this a lot longer but um, like my, my first book was largely inspired by him, and I thought it was cool that he was on base with a lot of the things that I was saying and agreed with a lot of what I thought and then also provided me with more firepower and in a different direction. Um, the one thing that we were off on was the course field thing. I think the hangover effect plays a much larger impact on a player's overall numbers and I think if you move a player from the Rockies to say the Yankees or the Red Sox their overall season statistics will largely be the same maybe a little bit off but those home and road splits will come closer and closer together which is what you saw with DJ LeMahieu for example Um, James was more the school of thought that you know the home field effect is far greater than anything and we all know it's a tremendous tremendous uh, advantage for the offense but um his reason for the uh, hangover effect is one that I completely agreed with he he thinks it's a real thing but he also said that you know you're just not facing a breaking ball in half your games and I, so I agree with that I just think uh, we weighed it a little bit differently you're Bill James Light I've never heard that. Yeah, people call me like some some people. This might be a nickname I gave myself, Bill James I'm Jr. I don't know. Sure, you did. Yeah, I've never heard anybody say that. I'm about to I, troll. On the other hand, I am DD Gregorius Light. People yeah, tell I, me that all the time. I'm, I'm about to troll <laughs> uh, Twitter and find somebody because I know it's happened. All right. Somebody told you that as a joke? No, nah, people just said like, "Oh, you do what Bill James did," or you know, even go on. Uh, when I was on Kenny's show, he said it. You know, he said Brian uh, he Kenny wrote a book. It. He wrote a book like uh, the kind of stuff that you used to get from Bill James. All right, so yeah, Brian Kenny said it. It it's set in stone. So here's the other thing: uh, you just lined up a monster guest for us. Uh, I guess you'll be able to hear it on Monday. That would be. Michael Jack, correct? He's coming on? Yeah, uh, Michael, Michael Jack Schmidt. Jack Schmidt. Don't know how I convinced him to do it, but I uh, just kind of shot him an email. Uh, he actually just confirmed, whew, what, an hour ago. He just said, um, please text me uh, Sunday morning just as a, remire, uh, a reminder. I appreciate it, Mike. And uh, I, I'm really excited for that. I can't believe that he said yes to us because he's not really uh, known for his media appearances or anything. But I guess we are uh, small time enough that he's willing to give it a shot, maybe talk a little bit about Dick Allen, and then um, some of the same stuff we covered with Bill, the MVP awards in the 70s and 80s, because something I talked to Mike about was the fact that he he won three MVP awards. He probably could have won more. You giving MVPs to relief pitchers and shit in the 70s and 80s, come on. 
let's give it to the most valuable players instead. So we'll cover all that stuff. And then uh, maybe. Have you ever done that, by the way? Let me just, sorry to cut you off again. Have you ever done that where you've just gone back through time because you were bored and you you came up with who should have won the awards in every single one of those years if you were evaluating them by their era? Ooh, you know what? You may have just given me a good, fun thing to do. Perhaps. Well, I just remembered that's what I was talking to James about. Because yeah. if you go back in time, I don't think you should measure Mike Schmidt by today's numbers. But you can. He's you not can. a good example. You he's can. not a good example but because he's shouldn't. so great. So great that he, by any measure, like the guy yes. who you should measure are the ones that we talked about, like Lou Brock. Mm. By today's measurements, he sucked. Horrible. Right? By the, the measurements that, under which he played, he was fantastic. He hit yeah. for a high average. He stole a shit ton of bases. That's what was expected of a leadoff guy. If he's playing in today's game uh, with today's understanding, then he's probably going to shape his game a lot differently. It's something that I talked to Harrison, who we had on a number of times about Jordan. If Jordan was playing today, he would shoot eight, nine, three balls a game, and he mm-hmm. would be the greatest, period. He'd still be the greatest. But on the other side, I do wonder if LeBron, if he played back then against the bad boys, he's so big. Like, I wonder how much they would have made the LeBron rules because he's so much bigger and he's so much stronger. But that's basketball. This is baseball. And that is kind of the cool thing, Spader, that you can go back in time and use. You can go look at some of the numbers and say, okay, instead of this reliever, instead of Willie Hernandez, we're going to go with, you know, player B as opposed to that, and so many of those awards would have changed, especially if you're looking at them by today's stats. And again, strikeouts were not the main thing. Like if Nolan Ryan played in today's game, Nolan Ryan is a legend, okay? Nolan Ryan, would he have won a Cy Young Award, though, if we look back at his 1987, game? hands down, won the Cy Young Award. He would have and gone 8 and 16. He was like 90. No. Uh, what was he? I think he was 38. I want to pull no, it up right now. really? Yeah, because he pitched until 1994. Two? Three? No, 93, right before the strike. Um, so 87, he was 40, okay. But he went 8-16, and 16, led the league in ERA with 2.76 ERA, had 270 strikeouts over 211 and two-thirds innings, led the le- ERA, or excuse me, the league in ERA plus, 42% above league average, fielder independent pitching at 2.47, Hits per nine at 6.5, strikeouts per nine at 11.5. And then guess what? Old-timer Nolan Ryan at that point stopped walking guys and led the league in strikeouts per walk at a 3.1. You know, I wonder if you went back to like 1972. I still think Gaylord Perry would have won that one. There were so many good guys with like ERAs at two or below that year. But uh, Nolan had a whip of 1-1-3, and he wasn't even sniffing you know, the top seven pitchers that year. He finished eighth. And just look at some of the numbers that he had in 1972. It's amazing, right? So back then, it was his first All-Star game in 72. He struck out 329. He led the league. He did lead the league in walks with 157 and wild pitches too. But, I mean, 10.4 strikeouts per nine. 2.1 strikeouts to walk is not great. The FIP was 249. He did that back-to-back seasons. You just go through time, and if you evaluated players the way you evaluate them today, and you did that back in the, the even the mid to early 90s and the 80s and the 70s, you'd have completely different awards. Completely I, different I, awards. I think you just gave me a nice project that perhaps I'll go back and do one by the decade, and uh, I'll, I'll put them up on my website. Like the and, best players and pitchers of the whole decade? Uh, no, I'll go with the MVP uh, awards for each each season for for a decade, and the Cy Young awards for each season for a decade, and go through, and then do my best to evaluate them as a forward thinking guy from that time, not as mm-hmm. a guy, not as your typical BBWAA guy who's looking at the wins in the '80s or anything else. The guy who's more forward thinking, he's like looking beyond what the win-loss record says at the time. Obviously, you don't have war to look at then, but um, you can look at other things. ERA, you can look at uh, hits and walks per nine versus just whip because whip wasn't really a thing then and uh, try to try to piece it together that way. I mean, you got wins above replacement for position players going all the way back. Like Rod Carew is 61st all-time, and I've told you how much of a Rod Carew fan I am, but then I go back to a couple of his seasons early on when he was an all-star with Minnesota 
and he had OPS as a 736 and 749. And he was a top 15 MVP guy then. And you look at that today and it's just garbage. But he hit 318, he hit 307. One year he hit 388, won the MVP. Um, I don't know if that should win you the MVP, but his OPS was just above 1,000 that year. So it'll be tough to convince me that somebody else should have won it. He won it that year. He deserved it. But there are just years that all he did was hit a ton of singles. Yeah, well, that's fine. That was great. That's the way the game was played. You'd single. Maybe you'd steal a base. Maybe you just get bunted over to second and you'd score a run. You know, scoring runs, home runs, and batting average, and RBIs. Those were the four big ones. Yeah, but on Carew, so first when I said uh, war, obviously it's available throughout time. But when you're making these votes in the 70s and the 80s, it it wasn't really a thing. Mm -hmm. Now, James has been trying to develop wounds above replacement since the 80s. And uh, if you look at Carew's career, uh, in hindsight, in 74, 75, and 77, he led all position players in wins above replacement for the American League. And 77, he um, was at 9.7, won the MVP. They got it right. I, uh, I will shift, though, and this is – I know we said we're going to talk stats on pitchers who can rake, but this, this is just one of my favorites to bring up on Rod Carew. And uh, in 83, when he was – Still a pretty good ball player, but he was towards the end of his career. He's 37 years old. Um, it was one of the last seasons that he would play in which he would qualify for the batting title. Went on to hit 339, but he was batting 500 with 48 hits through May 6th that season. The dude was batting what? 500 a month and a week into the season. Dude, that's so ridiculous. 48 hits. <laughs> Here, you know what? Why, why we got Carew? I gotta, I gotta why give you my. Why wasn't he Otani? Why didn't they just Otani his ass? What, what do you mean? Oh, just <laughs> let him hit. Yeah, I, I don't know, but well, um, there was no DH. But still, I mean, he had to have been a pinch hitter that year. Then it, he so, had to have been. No, because he had forty-eight hits. He was playing every day. He had forty-eight hits through May sixth. Oh my god! That's like a month in the season. Uh, but then. <laughs> You brought up his MVP season in 77. Yeah. This is one of my favorite facts I've ever Oh, uncovered. you see, I thought you were on Jenkins, and I'm going over here. to You're going to Carew. Yeah, okay, I, so I, go I got on. it. I'm sorry. You got, I love Carew as well. I, I mean, the dude was in the Marine Corps, too, so he's pretty Carew bad. Carew was a Marine? Yeah, Carew was a Marine. He um, he wow. may or may not he may or may or not be Jewish, like right, right over there. But Who you cares? Can't go into New York. Um, Maybe that's why I liked him, because... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff actually mattered to me when I was a little kid. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, you can relate to him, I guess. But uh, in 77, he could have gone an additional 0 for 96, and he would have still won the batting title. Oh, my God. See, the batting title still matters, though. When your batting average is a great on-base percentage, it definitely matters. Yeah. I mean, even today, right? We don't celebrate it like we used to. But if you're the batting, you know what the problem is? I don't even remember who won the batting titles last year. Off the top of your head, can you? Uh, no, I'd have to think for a little bit. Right, and it used to be, oh, my God, Wade Boggs, dude, batting champion, most important thing ever, him and Tony Gwynn every single year. Yeah. And that's just not the, that's not the way it is anymore. And it's, you know what? I do miss kind of looking at the old slash lines, you know? Um Guy 327, 24, 100. You know, it was just, it was so much simpler, but let's face it. I mean, you can just get a gauge on how good a player is these days, you know, through that. By the way, it was uh, Tim Anderson. Okay, I would have got that with time. 335. White Sox. He was the first White Sox guy to win it in, yeah. since uh, Frank Thomas, I think. Yep. And then uh, he had 335 for some reason. What I'm looking at here, DJ LeMahieu was second. I can't even find the National League one. Yeah, the um, so Anderson hit 335, but yeah. I think his on, his on base percentage was like under 350, right? It was under 350. I think so. Oh, yeah, he, he doesn't work at all. Walk at all. Um, I don't want to short the guy. So. Here's the okay, slash. Okay, he was just over. Right? Here's a slash. It's mm -hmm. just 123 games. 335, 357, 508. That's pretty damn good. This yeah, kid's a stud. 508 is a really good slugging percentage for, especially. Um, I mean, what is he a leadoff hitter? So yeah, absolutely take that. And then uh, your National League guy was Yelich. Yelich. He's a little bit easier to forget because he didn't finish out the season. 
but uh, he won back-to-back batting titles for the Brewers now. And uh, uh, what about simulated stats through April 29th? Uh, Anderson is slashing 289, 323, 512. You're not winning a batting title hitting 289 right now. Not no, Come on, but, Anderson, uh, pick it up. <laughs> Basically, I gotta love what uh, Sean Foreman and his team are doing over there with the uh, simulated stuff. It's it's a lot of fun until you look at what my Phillies are doing, and they're they're just, not good. Uh, no, they're they're absolutely brutal. Um, they caught a. I haven't looked in a couple of days, and I know they got hot for a little while, but they're still cellar dwellers. They're twelve and nineteen according to his sim, and then um, you've got the uh, the. Indians have overtaken the the White Sox in terms of uh, first place in the Central after the huh. White Sox started out like eighteen and four or something like that, and then of course the Yankees with the best uh, record in all baseball. That is absolutely fascinating. So while you're talking about this, I'm missing talking all these stats. You're the only guy I talk baseball with because basically I don't talk to any adults whatsoever. Um, just. Being where except, I am now. except on Tinder, I hope, because if oh, you're talking, you're to, if, you're talking to, if you're talking to children on there, you're in deep shit, buddy. You, <laughs> <laughs> it's their fault. My filter is like a lot skewing a lot older than the last time I was single. You, we need to talk about that too. But before we talk about that, I need. I miss baseball now. I was so excited about this season, Spader. Part of it was that we were coming back with this podcast. The second thing is that this is really the first time that both of my kids last year were able to go to baseball games, and they absolutely loved it. You know, and I've talked to you about this before. I, it's, it's tough for me to stay longer than three innings. I stayed nine innings with them. That's the thing I miss more than anything else. My kids are going to love baseball. Like, they already like it, and I don't want this to derail it too much. You know, I want to get them back out there. I want us to have that in common. It's the most amazing thing in the world. I can't imagine what your dad went through. You know, when, when, he, when he found out that you love baseball, because your dad loves baseball, right? Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he, so he loves it. My father's it. absolute diehard when it comes oh, to Oh, I cannot wait till, till, you know, one of them, if not both of them. If both of them go into something else and they don't like sports at all, it'd be devastating and I'd blame their mother um, and it'd be her fault. But the fact that they already both like it and I'm going to have little buddies to go to games with now for the rest of my life. That to, that's what I miss the most about baseball is getting my kids immersed in baseball again. And we're pretty lucky. You know, we grew up, they grew up, well, my son was six months old. My daughter was, what, three and a half, four years old when we moved out. But Nationals Park in D.C., I mean, it was, it's great. They won a World Series, but that park stinks. Yeah. It's a slab of concrete. It's got absolutely no atmosphere whatsoever. Um, and then you come to Coors Field. I feel like Coors Field, all they do is talk about how the offense is so great. Dude, this is one of the most beautiful arenas I have as stadiums I've ever been to anywhere. You're overlooking the Rocky Mountains. They've got, it's just beautiful. It looks new despite being 20-something years old. Man, the Coors Field is an amazing place to grow up and go to games. Not everybody's going to be as lucky as me going to Wrigley Field. I mean, between Wrigley and Fenway and the old Yankee Stadium, you can't beat that. But, man, Coors Field, these kids are going to be lucky to go there a whole bunch. Yeah, I, I feel badly, and it's. I want to commiserate in my own misery. I don't even know if I phrase that properly, but um, I look at it, and I'm like, so many people are so much worse off than me, and my intentions were just to get out of the military and travel to a bunch of the ballparks that I haven't had a chance to, um, and I, I feel badly even thinking about myself in that sense because it's like, Dude, you can't go to a couple baseball stadiums. Other people are struggling to feed their kids, mm-hmm. so you can't really bitch about that. So uh, I guess I'll just put that on the back burner and, and travel to Coors Field and Wrigley. Uh, and I've never been to Wrigley. I've never been to Coors. I've never been to Fenway. All these, all these stadiums that I really want to visit, uh, I, I guess I'll make a 2021 trip. I mean, you'll, make, you'll still have a little bit of shot, maybe later on this year, maybe. I'm not, uh, I'm not too sure, but you might be able to make it out there this year, and we'll find out. When do you think the season's going to start now that we're, we're one month in and it's over? It All right. It started, I should say. Well, it, it looks like I'm going to be paying you off. You're going right? to get a stimulus check from me. Sweet. In uh, nickels. And do you, hold on. That's a, it's going to cost you more to send me nickels from D.C. to Denver than it is to actually just send $100. Principal, baby. Uh, go on. Uh, you, you threw me off my game there. I don't even know what the fuck I, I was know, talking about. I know, an asshole would send someone else nickels. What a dick. 
I mean, seriously, what's the matter with you? Now, July 4th, I think I think it's going to open up on July 4th. It's going to be a huge event, and uh, baseball will be back 4th no of fans. July. You're going to have Kenny Powers running out of center field with the American flag draped over Powders. his back. Powers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, earlier in the month, I watched Eastbound and Down again. It's a terrible yeah. show, but it's What do you so, mean a terrible? Hold it's on It's so funny. Oh, it is funny. Okay, it's so you hilarious. admit that it's a great show. I don't think it's great. What do you I think mean it's, it's not great. Like I could, I could have done without the uh, the chick who he's in who, who he's in love with, who progressively gets fatter and fatter who throughout cares? the show. And <laughs> you need a love story in a in a in a, in a, in a they, they used to call it serials in a show. You need a love story, so they gave him the love story. It's great, and it gave for a lot of potty humor, and I love that too. I mean, I, come on, I, when he goes to Mexico, though, the guy goes Kenny powders powders. Yeah. <laughs> I. <laughs> No, nah, I, lo- I love, what was the guy's name, Stevie, oh. the assistant? <laughs> He's such an idiot. And he comes out with the Freddy Krueger <laughs> to fight the cats off at Black Biker Week. <laughs> you know what? I forgot I didn't get to season three. I only did the first season. Yeah, so. it's, it's actually a really funny bit in the show is that the, this dude is like a... He's like he'll do anything for Kenny Powers, so you just assume that he's like this diehard baseball Kenny Powers fan, like straight out of Robert De Niro out of the fan, and um, it, it he, like he doesn't even like baseball. You don't understand. Like the obsession is lost on everyone. It is so lost on on uh, political correctness too. It just good. He just says so many horrible things that are so funny, like in the open. I remember watching the show for the first time in the open. It goes, what do you think about doing this to the fans in New York? And he goes, you mean Jew York? <laughs> that Jesus. was it. He had me. He totally had I was like, greatest show ever. Let's do this. Amazing. You know, Comes you know, out probably, a donkey cart. He's, 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 you know who probably loves this show? Who? Yeah, uh, Bill de Blasio. <laughs> oh, God. You know, but Lenny Dykstra's seen this show, right? Like, Schilling's seen this show. All these guys have seen this show, right? They had to. You would think. Like, if you're listening to this show, I would say at least 75% of our listeners, because some people just don't ever have HBO, but 75% of our listeners have seen Eastbound and Down. Uh, Easily the greatest baseball show ever made. Was there another one? Oh man, I don't the know baseball about shows. Uh, I don't know about shows, and uh, I just got recently asked to do a uh, baseball movie podcast, oh, and I was like, God. I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, I'll do it. Just a heads up, though, baseball movies all pretty much suck, except for the uh, the natural. The natural's good. Sandlot's good. There's yeah. like ones, but most of them suck. And yeah, they I'm gonna re- do a reboot. They, of they the try natural. to tie in baseball with something that's not related yeah. to baseball like that what was that jimmy fallon one it's like shut up it's not a baseball movie oh yeah i was at the world series i saw him making out with what's her name i was like what's going on here uh they actually did that at the world more. series no no no. they legit did that oh. they taped it right like right after the world series was one yes oh, jesus yeah or right after a game or something yeah i remember that talk uh, way to go jimmy fallon make something else about you that has nothing to do with you hey guys look at the last longer go a few extra rounds get to bluechew.com bluechew.com first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level they got the same active ingredients that are in viagra and cialis so you know they work since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach or not. doesn't matter. You don't need to go to the doctor's office. You don't need to spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physicians free of cost. When you're approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you, too. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay 5 bucks shipping. Again, B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. Now it is time for Spader Stats, Stats, Stats. What do you got today? You got some Fergie Jenkins for us, right? Yeah, so I wanted to talk, pardon me, a little bit about pitchers who uh, rake. And one of them had popped up into my Twitter feed recently, Fergie Jenkins. Followed me on Twitter. And uh, 
it, it came from a, just something I shared recently on Bob Gibson, which of course they then had a comment on Fergie Jenkins. And <clears throat> that was Bob Gibson averaged 20.7, two points per game while at Creighton. And he played for the Harlem Globetrotters before committing to baseball full time. His number 45 is, of course, retired by the Cardinals, but also by the Creighton Blue Jays. And it's retired by the basketball team only, not the baseball team. And then on that, I had a comment. Well, Fergie Jenkins also played for the Harlem Globetrotters, doing so from 67 to 69. And they won at least 20 games in each of those seasons for the Cubs. But going through all of that, I uh, you know I saw that uh, Fergie Jenkins had retweeted that and so uh i sent him a message with some of the other stuff i was like oh you know if you like that check out these you may not have known about your own career and uh jenkins tossed four straight complete game no walkers not really a thing but in my world they are from july 10th to july 24th 1971 no one's done that since and no one else has done that in the live ball era and then uh looking at more towards the pitchers who rake idea you've got Complete list of pitchers with at least 250 strikeouts and five home runs at bat in the season. You got Jenkins in 71, Gibson in 65, and then 1891 and 1890. Jack Stivitz and 1883, Jim Whitney. Now, Stivitz and Whitney shared something in common from 83 to 91, and that's that they were pitching from 50 feet instead of 60 feet, 6 inches. Oh. Whitney, in 83, needed eight balls to walk a guy. <laughs> so you basically got Gibson and Jenkins in real baseball who have ever done this, which I found fascinating. But because of all this, I then went ahead and pulled up some of the old um, pitchers who rake stats that I've had. And uh, I've got a whole a whole bunch of them. Uh, now, we're not going to talk Bay Ruth and Shoei Otani because everybody knows those guys. But you've got Gibson, who we've talked about, from 65 to 70. He had a 216 batting average against. His batting average at bat was eight points higher than that. Wow. Um, Wes Farrell, one of my favorites because he was my favorite walk-off ever, if you recall. He's the guy who hit a walk-off home run as a pitcher and then also hit one as a pinch hitter the next day they may have I may have flipped those but whatever and um Wes Farrell in his career was a 280 351 446 hitter and then against he was 276 343 360 so not just a better batting average but a better batting average on base percentage and slugging percentage than he allowed on the mound and there's a number of streaks throughout history you've got um Greinke when he was with the, the Dodgers from 2012 to 2015. His batting average against, 229. Uh, his batting average at bat, 243. He also, during that span, had a better on-base percentage and slugging percentage uh, at the plate than he allowed on the mound. And then there's countless of other, uh, other guys. I mean, tell me somebody else you want. You want Glavin? You want Hamels? What is, Smoltz. What, uh, I got, Smoltz was actually never really there. Uh, in terms he was of a reliever better, for so yeah. long, no, just he just wasn't quite as good as a hitter as your Tom Glavin was, who uh, from '95 to '98 had a 2.45 batting average, which mm. is pretty good, uh, especially for a pitcher. But against, he allowed only 2.40. Uh, and I got go two ahead. guys. Hold on, two guys: Dwight Gooden, Jeff Samarja. What do you What do you want? I, I, I don't want to know how they hit. I, off the top of my head, I don't know. I you didn't just prepare said, for them. You just said, name the guys. So I named the guy. I was going to give you some some guys in terms of a list. <laughs> so you don't want my guys. You want your own guys. How am I, I wanted, supposed to know who's on your list? No, Samarja some couldn't hit uh, for shit. He, he kind of, uh, I Cut guess, it? gets it. No, he's career 126 hitter. Um, he slugged 191. You think he can hit just because he was a tight end. You know, mm-hmm. he, he couldn't. I mean, he had one season in which he batted 500, but he only had two at-bats. I remember when that dude um, got... I remember actually when he signed, me and Jim Hendry were talking with him. Jim Hendry's the old... Andre. The Cubs. Love Hendry. Hendry. Uh, yeah, that 2003 team was pretty good. And uh, I remember talking to him like he was supposed to be the next great Chicago Cub. And uh, it didn't turn out that way, so... A lot of talent, but he couldn't put it all together. He had some decent years, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he was 
pretty, I mean, I guess he was pretty good, but he was never, uh, like you said, never really what he was supposed to do. What, uh, you brought up Gooden, though, and I, I look at his numbers, and when he was this stud that he was early in his career, he, he didn't hit very much. But what's fascinating about this is in the early 90s, 91 to 92, he, uh, in 148 plate appearances, he batted 252. That's, that's not bad. Want to know what else about him? Was that he hit lefty, and the Mets would not let him hit lefty because they didn't want him to get hit in the, in the arm, in his right arm. So he was a switch hitter, or they just forced him to bat they right-handed? They forced him to bat right-handed. Yeah, he had 250 batting on the wrong side. So I, did he ever bat with the other way? I'm curious. I don't remember. I don't remember him that's doing a it. Fan, I don't I'm going to have that. to take a look at that. That's yeah. a, a fun they wouldn't let him bat. They're like, "Sorry, dude, you're not getting hit in the hands, just in the arm. It's not happening. We're not letting you do that." And it was a wise move. They just couldn't keep him away from the cocaine. That was the big one. So isn't isn't that the worst? That I mean, I know it's been said over and over again, but all those dudes are still alive from the '86 Mets, and then Gary Carter, who is a saint, the best is guy. dead. The best. I love Gary Carter. He was the sweetest man ever. And yes, all the other guys are alive. He, he, Strawberry had cancer, but he's alive. Gooden, somehow still alive. Lenny Dykstra, still alive. I mean, it really is amazing how many of these guys. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Good, good, good thought on that because you know, he shouldn't be dead. It's the other guys that should be gone. <laughs> You know, it kind of it kind of throws throws me back to when we were doing the best baseball podcast, mm-hmm. and um, the uh, we were talking about when Pitching Ninja got banned, mm-hmm. but then we were talking about all the other accounts that were allowed on Twitter. Correct, like Pit, Pitching Ninja on Twitter or off Twitter, yeah. Hezbollah allowed on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Pitching Ninja off Twitter, Kim Jong Un on Twitter. <laughs> he might be off. I don't know what's going on. With that guy. Oh, Anyways, okay. listen, uh, we've gotten on a tangent here. We just did most of the show. We didn't even plan on talking about that, which is my, my favorite. So here we go. We got a couple things. I don't want to talk about Korean Baseball League now. Maybe we'll do it once they start playing, but uh, we'll do that in a minute. So we either got the Irish exit, the new Major League Baseball plan, which Baseball leaked to try and get some people to talk about it, or you introducing me to Tinder. Which one? You can't put me on the spot. You know I suck. It's one of three. It's it's not like I'm asking you any serious (laughs) questions. Irish, new plan, Tinder. Which one? Mm, Oh my god! Tell me about the Irish exit, you dipshit. (laughs) My god. All right. So I said we need to start telling some stories. We still have games. We have great stories in the can. I will tell the Midland uh, Munchkin story next week. But what's the Irish? Tell me about the Irish exit. What the hell is this? Hold on. Before we get on the mid, or excuse me, the Irish exit. Uh, what was it called? The Midland Munchkin. Are you we, sure about that? I changed it to Munchkin. It's not. No, it's not the other one. I'm not gonna say it. It's just mean. It's that word's offensive. You're telling me. Those poor people. I mean, they've heard enough. Why do I gotta say this to them? You know, there's certain people that I feel like have just been treated unfairly. They're one of them. But don't you think like mid? And mid kind of just goes together a little bit. You better. can do whatever you, you can call them whatever you want to. I'm not going to tell you not to. I'm yeah. just not going to use that word. There's a lot of horrible words I'll say. I'm not saying that one. Yeah. All right. Well, Irish exit. How about it? Let's do it. Um, in 2018, when did we do the uh, best baseball podcast? Yeah. Okay. So this was probably right up towards the end because this was end of September. McCullers was visiting Baltimore uh, with the Astros and he knew I lived by, invited me up for the series, and he was like, yeah, you know, we'll meet up after the game, grab some drinks uh, one of the times. And it was on September 29th. They were playing the Orioles, obviously. And McCullers got a hold out of the bullpen. And um, he uh, afterwards, he hit me up, and he was like, hey, you know, come to the team hotel. We'll grab some drinks. JV will be there. Um, uh, Dallas will be there. You know, a bunch of the Astros pitchers and players. Blumeter was there. But leading up to all of this, I was there with, um, we got an Airbnb, me, Kevin, my uh, co-author, and my buddy Tony, who's a friend of mine who's in the Marine Corps. We all got an Airbnb together. We went out at like 11, got some lunch, had some beers, and then we went to another bar, got some more beers. Uh, We went out before the game, and McCullers was kind enough to hook us up with field pass and all that crap, and we went around as kind of fans 
doing the checking out all the areas, some of which we probably weren't supposed to go into, but we were pretty drunk at that point, so we didn't really <laughs> give a shit. And um, and we watched the ball game, and of course, throughout the ball game, we're beer after beer after beer. Everybody's taking turns buying beers, and then um, after the game. The guys are, you know, they're all showered and everything. So he's like, hey, we'll be at the hotel like an hour and a half. Well, Penn State was still playing Ohio State at that time. So we went to another bar, finished off that game, and we had more beers. And here, it's we've been drinking for eight, nine hours. And we finally get to the hotel. We're all pretty tuned up. Obviously, those guys aren't because they haven't been, <laughs> haven't been uh, drinking throughout the day like the degenerates that the three of us are. And... Um, the first thing was, I think it was uh, McCullers got a round of Crown Royal for everybody. I don't drink whiskey to begin with. Uh, I just stick to beer because it keeps me on a sort of even keel. And as soon as I tap into liquor, I usually get pretty hammered. And that's what happened. And I took a shot of uh, Crown Royal. And after that, I was like, you know what, everybody? I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And instead of being right back, I just left. I, Irish exit is what that is. It's when you are hanging out with a group and you don't say goodbye to anybody. You just disappear. At least I said I was going to the bathroom, I guess. I got up and left. I left behind Justin Verlander, the rest of the Astros rotation, uh, my, even my two friends. And I was out of there. Went back to the Airbnb. Um, I was outside waiting for an Uber and Kev came out and he was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You're you know, we're hanging out with the Astros. Why don't you come back in? And I was like, nope, I'm done. And uh, Blummer, of course, being the stand-up guy that he was, came out uh, to say goodbye and uh, make sure that I was going to make it back safely because I was uh, quite hammered. Good for him. Yeah. Blummer's such a nice guy. He's the best dude I've met in baseball and one of the, honestly one of the best people overall. Really, really good dude. Uh, definitely better than, um, than you. <laughs> yeah. You know, th- I'm telling you this much. When I worked at TuneIn, that's where you and I were kind of introduced. I had you on the show because your stats were so great. I uh, Just everybody that I worked with was an amazing person. Um, between Blummer and Latroy and Ned Coletti, the old Dodgers GM and J.P. and Cebia, and I'm sure and Steve Lyons, who can't stand you, and I don't blame him. You were a complete jerk to him. I mean, why would you read somebody's numbers to them? If I didn't not good numbers. See, the thing is, you set me up for failure. You well, said, you do, you have, you, do you have any Steve Lyons numbers? And I said, you <laughs> no. know, I, All you had you to know, say was no. I said, I said, you know, I probably do, but I don't think he wants me reading them on the air. <laughs> Oh God! Well, but uh, he, every, he did. Uh, all the other guys uh, took to me pretty well. Ned's been great. Yes, uh, Aaron Sibby is a great dude. Yeah, you're a good guy. You're a good guy. That's why. All right, let's move on to uh, the new Major League Baseball plan. So I'll say this again: um, we need things to talk about in baseball. Baseball knows this, so hey, let's go leak a story. We'll send it out there. So now. MLB is allegedly considering a three-division, 10-team plan, which uh, teams play only within their division, okay? And no more AL and NL, which to me seems like as a recurring theme, Spader, in a lot of these plans, though. Like, they're just blowing up the leagues, and they're going to try and keep it with um, a little more regional, closer, right? Yeah, so the alignment, it would be just three divisions, as you said, and you basically do have uh, the alignment being so that they cut the U.S. into three different parts with, um, you know, teams like the Yankees, the Red Sox, Phillies, Nationals, uh, Rays, Marlins, all in the same division. And then going out to the West Coast, you got the, you know, Rockies, Dodgers, Giants, Astros, all those. So I I guess it's just going to make it a lot easier for um, these teams to to play games and to get games in where they would otherwise need travel days. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it, man. Um, this this is going to be really interesting if and when they get it going. But the possible realignment, so you'd obviously have the Yankees and the Mets, Red Sox, Nats, O's, Phillies, Pirates, Blue Jays, Rays, Marlins. I mean, who are the good teams there? The Yankees or the Red Sox would be good if they ever play? Ah. Uh. I Mets think Red, so- Red, Red Sox are a middle-of-the-pack team there. I think the real good teams, honestly, you got the Yankees. Um, <laughs> whew, the, the Yankees would be. Where are the Braves in all of that? Mets? 
where are we slotting in Atlanta? Am there I not? No I'm Atlanta. looking at the thing. Where? Yeah, they have taken Atlanta. Okay, off. they're in the central. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. That's uh, Detroit, Kansas City. They're going up to Minneapolis. It doesn't make any sense. I, I guess I would think you would put the Pirates in there before Atlanta, but uh, that I mean, you got the Yankees, really good team. I think the Blue Jays will be pretty good. The Rays are always there. Then you got the Phillies, Nationals, um, Red Sox, who are sort of middle of the pack. Mets, you never know what to expect. Astros, the Dodgers. Marlins will suck. Yeah. Astros, Dodgers. But there'll be no fans, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> It'll just be guys throwing at other guys. Or the cardboard cutouts will be booing the Astros, I guess. <laughs> the robots that are up there. This is so absurd. This whole thing is. But, yeah, that's that's the latest plan. So we'll see yeah. what happens. They're going to have to – everybody's going to have to get tested. We'll see if they can get 100 games in. I still say we're looking at around 80 to 85-game season. I think they get a lot of it in. I I'm just worried about the playoffs if it does come back. That's a huge upgrade from the zero that you're predicting. Oh, no, no, no. If I had money to bet, would I go with, is it going to be closer to 85 or zero? I would still go zero. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, I just feel like we're all itching to get outside. And, um, you know, I'm in Denver, so it's a lot different. Are you guys locked in the house still around D.C.? I mean, we never really were. Um, it, it's, everything's closed, but, yeah. you know, nobody's locked in the house. So we're it's basically just, locked in the house until like three days ago. There's please don't go out. People still went out, but they're like, don't leave your house. And now we're just starting to go out, social distancing and all the fucking stuff on our faces. Like, I can't imagine them playing a baseball game in New York this year. I just don't see it happening. Again, not a doctor here, but they've been hit so badly. It's like a different world over there. New York is a just a different situation. I had an uncle. I have an uncle up there. I just talked to my parents. I don't like him. He's a dick. But he had COVID, and he almost died. And he knows 20 people that have it. So New York is going to be fascinating. I don't see how they're going to play baseball in New York this year. Yeah, Where are they going to play their games? Well, not only that, you also have uh, Jewish major leaguers who wouldn't be allowed to play in uh, New York. Because Mayor de B- Bill de Blasio won't have Oh, my have God. Way too many uh, uh, <clears throat> mentions of Jews on this show. <laughs> uh, I do want to hit you up on uh, this Tinder thing you introduced me to. You said we're going to do one of these three. Let's just do them all, right? <laughs> oh, I said we're going to do all of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I got my list here, things we were going to talk about. So for those of you who don't know, it really doesn't matter, but I've known that I was going to get divorced now for like the last, what, seven, eight months, seven, eight months or so. So um, I finally moved out of my house, which I was stuck with my ex-wife. I got my own place overlooking the mountains, a beautiful, beautiful place. Probably won't be able to afford it in six years, but hopefully I'll get a job before then. Anyways, you said, dude, you got to get on Tinder and Hinge. So I started getting on on both of these here. Um, Here's the deal. Here's where I'm at. I got two uh, correspondence with girls, two girls on Hinge, and right now three on Tinder. Does this ever pick up, slow down? What, what's going on here? What can I expect over the coming month or so from Tinder? So, for As guys, a man of my age who lied, because I'm 45, I said I'm 38. Because oh, I look well, it. Yeah, you do. I'll give that to you. Yeah. I, I, me, personally, I wouldn't lie about my age, but I, I wouldn't have to. I'm um, not going to marry someone I meet on Tinder, okay? It, that, that does, the thing that bothers me is, like, I'm way too old for 25-year-olds, and that seems to be the easiest pickings out there. Yeah, uh, so guys like you and I on dating apps, we, uh, we're we not the best-looking dudes in the world, so we got to rely on What are on you a- talking about? I'm <laughs> still a good-looking guy. I used to be an eight. I'm down to a six and a half. I'll get back to a seven and a half. I'll be fine. <laughs> How are you going to get back to a seven and a half eating a pint of ice cream every That's night? That's the whole thing. Like, I'll be able to walk. I'll be able to run. And then, you know, by this time next year, I'll be a seven and a half. All right, so are you tell you're a seven and a half in Colorado or in New York City? New York it's, City, I was still probably a seven and a half. I was a handsome I man I before I got married. I don't, I don't think so. I think you lose a, a part or two just for being Jewish. Oh my god, no one can tell. <laughs> you son of a bitch. All right, so go on. I hope we don't have any like people that are getting offended by this, but this just just know this. A- I'm working with a raging anti-Semite. It's um, a complete opposite. And I, I have I, not uh, 
practice in at least 25 years. Please, can we go on? Probably more than that. Probably yes. 40 years. Can we go yes. on with this? So how many girls at a time should I be getting? How many new hits? If I like every single girl, are they all going to see me or are they not? What's going on here with this? Well, the big thing for you is you got to have a nice bio, you know. It'd be a mine more... probably sucks. I'm basically Pro like... I love sports. Uh, yep. Give me a blowjob. Jesus, that's dude. That doesn't oh, work? man. No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, saying, uh, you're saying the guy who says, uh, the guy who says that what the mayor tweeted is inappropriate is an right. anti-Semite. But meanwhile, you were I saying, didn't say that it was. <laughs> you said it was. No, it was a terrible thing what he said. I mean, it wasn't a nice thing, but it, uh, nothing. it's very tough to bother me. Okay, yeah. it's very tough to bother me with what you say. So, will you just answer the goddamn question again? You're driving me nuts here. Uh, you have to have a nice bio and introduce yourself in a way. Don't be your typical, like, oh, I love traveling. Yeah, well, no shit. Everybody does, dude. Be a little Enjoy. more interesting than that. And then you, you have to, your opener is key. You can't just go with the, hey, what's happening? Or, hey, how you doing? Or something like this. Like when or you're a lot hitting of, a girl up. Yeah, or a lot of, a lot of guys like to do the... Um, uh, just come out and say something entirely crude and you know, they'll fire out a hundred of these messages. Does it and get, work? If you fire out enough of them, I guess you get nibbles on a couple of well, them. I can't send messages. All I can do is like, well, it just means they're not liking you back because no, 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 no. you know, you're a, a uh, Colorado 6.5. right now. <laughs> Oh yeah. You, but you can't send messages to these girls. It's just swiping and stuff. Yeah. Until you get a match, man. I know. I know. Well, I mean, I've got matches. I just would prefer, like, how many matches am I supposed to get? I don't know. Well, how, you said you got five combined? Uh, yeah, I think. So I started, what, two days ago? I think yeah. when I deleted oh, it. Oh, I, I got had, like, four here, but one's from Mexico City, so I don't want to mess with her. It, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the one from Mexico City probably wants to sell you a Snapchat. <laughs> you keep saying that, and then I asked her if she wanted that, and she said no. Mm, I, she's fake news. I, I think she's lying to you. She's fake news. Yeah, there's no reason you would in Colorado would match from somebody uh, with somebody in Mexico City. Well, I didn't put any limits on where it was. Like she could have been in the, on the moon. Mm, I she don't probably know. did that. Okay, then let's just take it. her out. Then I got three over here, and then I got two on the other one. See, I had more like hundreds, so I, I don't know what to. So you were just you. out there, just crush. You just like everybody, or what? No, I was a. I would pick and choose, but the problem is I. I would um, also go on there with uh, beer goggles occasionally and you know, s swipe that way. Yeah. And you get a little less uh, particular when, when you're... Well, that's that. what it is then. You're just one after anyone. So if you're going after anyone, then that's it. It's amazing how my uh, taste in women has changed over time too. I'm much more into curves now than I was, you know, 10 years ago. I don't like skinny. I'm just not there anymore. It's not my thing. I have no, I have no comment. Well, that's fine. You don't have to have a comment. You like skinny still. You'll get older, and maybe your t your taste will change. You know, I used to not like girls with butts. I, it wasn't important to me in high school. Then I went to college. Things change. You're yeah. learning a lot more than baseball on this show, people. Yeah. Well, so should I read you my bio, and then you can tell me how it is? All right, let's hear it. Hold on, I gotta find it. Actually, all there is is uh, that's hinge. Let me go find this Twitter, this uh, Tinder thing. I got to figure out how to get to the homepage too. I don't know how to find my own person. There we go. Uh, edit info. Here we go. About me. I'm pretty new to Denver. Love dogs, hiking, and whitewater rafting. Looking for a friend or maybe more. I'm an excellent listener too. Dot, dot, dot. That's not terrible, That's I guess. That's not bad. It's, yeah, it's, it's so what do I do to spice it up? Oh, man. Um, I, I mean, I do I put a I dong know, shot man. in there? No, jeez. Do I, I, um... I'll tell you what, you put a dong shot in there, you're going to go from a Denver 6.5 to a Denver 2 real fast. So some people like twos. <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, what are we doing? We don't, we don't have a lot going on in baseball. They could turn it off. It's a podcast. I'm just saying, you know, we did a long enough podcast and I want to get your Twitter, uh, your, uh, your Tinder thoughts and you're not helping me. So that's fine. Whatever, dude. I'm not helping you, but you already, you said on, on Twitter, I was doing the opposite. What's right. What's going because on? I wanted to throw it out publicly that at least you were giving an effort. You're not helping, but you're trying. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you've, 
gotta go with what you got on that bio. Juice it up a little bit more. Juice yeah. it up. Just a, just a little what? bit more. How do you, you, know, you juice it up? What do I need to say? I, I wish I still had like my mine there. I don't I don't even remember what I had in, on it. It's it's funny because I sent the um, the uh, shout out that you gave me on Twitter to my lady friend and. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was, she's very, uh, I mean, she's from the Middle East, very protective of uh, what is hers, if you oh, will. Oh, God, I hate that. <laughs> and she, she's like, oh, I guess, what, because you're some sort of expert on Tinder, what, did you have, like, 500 matches or something? Yeah, did you tell her that you banged, like, half of those? No, didn't, and I, and I didn't, I'm a good Christian boy, right. mom. You're listen, you're, she must listen to this once in a while. I really, I really hope not. <laughs> All right, buddy, we're done with the show. If you can't help me, I don't care. Um, Dude, God can't even help you. I feel like uh, I just got to get back in the swing of things. It's been a little while, and that's it. I'll be you just, fine. I'm telling you, you're, you gotta, once you get a match, your, your biggest thing is your opener. Just don't be fucking boring and be interesting. I gave you my old opener, and it, it works. what? I'm not saying that on air. Come on, Man, that's gold. Last that's time gold. I was single, I was a radio host in the top 10 market making really good money doing television too. There's just, and 10 years younger. There's just not, I just don't have as much to offer right now, but uh, I'll figure it out. I'll be a crafty old veteran until I get back on my feet again. What a disastrous time this is for me. But I'm holding it together, buddy. And we'll have that's baseball soon. In the name. Holding holding on together. Holding on, pal. Okay. Well, we can choose to either uh, delete the last 10 minutes of this podcast or keep it. Also, uh, thanks for hopping on. Mike Schmidt will be our next show. It'll be posted on Monday. Mike Schmidt, Monday. The greatest third baseman in the history of the game. Okay? Hey. I, I have uh, some, I know usually you ask me, but you stopped since I never have anything to offer, but closing thoughts. Do you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, I, I do actually. Um, you brought up the, our new sponsor, I guess, Blue Chew, right? And I find it hilarious that you've got schmucks like Spader and Holden doing reads for uh, boner medicine. And you remember, like, in 2000, 2001, you had Rafael Palmero doing yeah. the Viagra ads. And I always thought it was hilarious because I was only, te- like, 10, 11, 12 years old when he was doing those ads. And I remember hearing, like, my father and my uncle talk, like, damn, man, how much you think this guy's getting paid to talk about the fact that mm-hmm. he can't get it up without a pill? And now, mm-hmm. and now everybody, it's just normal. Yeah, but if you're younger, too, if you're, like, my age or your age or back when I was in my 20s, like that stuff makes you Superman. It was awesome. I totally would. You, you know what? I'm gonna get some blue chew. Why not? What else yeah, am dude, I doing? I'm serious. We get samples. Let's go. All right, let's do some blue chew. All right, buddy. Uh, at the Ace of Spader at Holden Radio. That's our Twitter handles, and we will catch you on Monday with Mike Schmidt. <laughs>